Flushing girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Oh, <laughs> Mr. Sheffield, a podcast about the nanny, the hit sitcom from the 90s starring Fran Drescher. I am your host, Shandi Pasquale, here with my co-host, Tori Sheffield. That's right. And we are back again, folks, for a spooky episode, season four, episode eight, an affair to dismember. <laughs> it's actually not a spooky episode, even oh. though the title sounds spooky, but it is two days before Halloween. <laughs> That we're recording this. Oh, no, one day before. That we're recording this, but not when this comes out. It's like months after Halloween. <laughs> hmm. Or no, a couple weeks. Because we're, we're real behind. Yeah. But anyway, folks, I was really excited for this one because I thought it was going to be a Halloween episode. But then it ended up charming me and it got right into my heart. So it ended up being a favorite for old Shawnee. Let's dive into it. It is directed by Dorothy Lyman and written by the great Diane Wilk. going to say also, uh, An Affair to Dismember is a play on the movie title An Affair to Remember, which is a 1957 movie with Cary Grant and Deborah Kerr. And this episode has a lot of parallels to the plot of that movie. But uh, this episode, interestingly enough, has the return of Mr. Sheffield's younger brother, and he and Fran really hit it off. And she has a bit of a romantic dilemma on her hands. I thought it was a, this was a great episode. Um, but it starts off, I literally laughed out loud in the opening pre-credit scene because Fran, Val, me, and Niles. Me too. And I think I know why. Right. Um, they are spying on this couple across the street, you know, that are like, you know, making out basically. Mm-hmm. It, where everyone can see and they're all like at the front door looking out and then they go back inside and Fran's like oh wow well and meanwhile look at me like my to-do list today is pathetic look buy Brayden socks pick up Mr. Sheffield's prescription and then Val goes oh please my to-do list is just two words don't jump <laughs> <laughs> And then the best part of it is they go, ah, ha, 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 and Fred goes, bye, see you later. And I was like, oh, no, Val made a real cry for help there. And Fred was just, <laughs> just like, bye, girl. <laughs> the only thing on my to-do list is like, don't kill myself today. <laughs> Poor um, Val. But it was so funny. Uh, and then um, funny in the context that I, we know Val's not serious. It was said in a very, like, uh, you know, sort of sarcastic way but um, it was then- a cry for help that was ignored <laughs> no, no i'll no, see no. you in three episodes for val's funeral okay. <laughs> for a very special episode no but uh so fran but then we go fran as usual she's she's lamenting the state of her life because val leaves and she's just like oh niles I be- when did I become an old housewife? Like, and I did it without any like of the beginning thrills of an actual relationship. So, you know, she's basically feeling like you know she's in like this like sexless, uh, thrillless marriage with Mister Sheffield, but she's not even married. Um, and just as she's saying that, Maggie comes running in from school, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, Fran, you'll never guess what happened to me." And she recounts how there is this guy who. A guy named Sean, actually, but I, yes. I my note is I wonder if it's spelled S H or S E. I didn't have the captions on, so I can't. I, I, I don't know. I, I, but so I, she's like, Sean pulled me into the stairwell. He kissed me, and he told me that he loved me. 
And yeah. this, and then like she goes up the stairs, like literally, like you know, on cloud nine. And this puts Fran into like an even deeper funk because she's like, oh, the days of like youthful passion are over for me. Yep. And this also <laughs> made me laugh. Niles is also super bummed about his life, which is a kind of a through run joke of this yeah. um, episode that like he's, he's also- so depressed. Everyone's yeah. depressed in the beginning. So depressed. Well, the thing that's funny about this though is Niles is like definitely bummed about his life. At which point Mr. Sheffield and Cece come in and Mr. Sheffield says the cruelest thing because Niles is literally sitting on the steps, kind of looking depressed. And Mr. Sheffield goes, oh, what is it this time, Niles? Your job, your weight, no future. Yeah, I also flag that as probably the meanest thing I've ever heard someone say to someone. (laughs) But just the idea that like, you know, Niles is clearly it's a common thing for him to be depressed. And Mr. Sheffield is just like, oh, what is it this time? So I have a, a theory question on this. Do you think maybe that they wanted to paint Maxwell as kind of a dick in the beginning because they wanted to quickly sell that Nigel is maybe the better Sheffield brother? Mm, no, I think that this like, oh, just- look at what a dick he's being this episode. Like, good thing his brother's here to sweep her off her feet. I feel like it's mu- it's more that that is just a Sheffield, a Mr. Sh- Maxwell Niles dynamic. <laughs> he has like, they're both horrible to each other in different ways. But, but Mr. Sheffield mm-hmm. is super callous to Niles is like a lot in life. Fair. Yeah, that's it- fair. Um, because but he'll also say things like, you know, you know, you'll find Niles like smoking his cigars, uh, clearly doing nothing, clearly, you know, um, eavesdropping on Mr. Sheffield. So they're just in a toxic relationship, basically, (laughs) is what I think. Um, well, so, but, so they come in and then, you know, he and Cece kind of like rush towards the office and he literally like cancels plans on Fran. And he's like, oh, you know, we'll be taking dinner in the office tonight. And Fran's like, but you're supposed to take, you know, Gracie and me to the movies. And, um, he's like, oh, well, you know, oh, well, sorry, we'll have to postpone. Um, and he goes off and Fran, you know, is clearly feeling now extra disappointed because not only was she already feeling like she's in this like marriage that isn't even a real marriage but like her like you know faux husband doesn't even make time for her and she literally she goes oh well i guess i'm just not destined to have a handsome british millionaire sweep me off my feet and no sooner does she say that does uh the doorbell ring and it's mr sheffield's younger brother nigel who we have met in a previous episode and he walks in and he like does just that. He like, he's like, hello, darling. And then he kind of like picks yeah. her up, like and spins sort of a, her around. Yeah, yeah. It's just like kind of an exuberant, like, hello. Um, and then in the next scene, we establish that Mr. Sheffield is like far too busy to hang out with his brother because, you know, to be fair, Niall, uh, Nigel, he arrived unannounced, which seems like, you know, very, like a very Nigel thing to do. Um, But he's like, oh, but don't worry, you know, Miss Fine can serve as your welcome ambassador for the night. And, you know, she can show you around town. And then Fran comes down the stairs looking fabulous in this like kind of little black dress with sort of sparkly accents. But she's super morose because she's just been bummed this episode. She's just in a, she's in a funk. We've established that. Yes. Um, And Nigel, very, you know, 
moment, I don't know, I guess Mr. Sheffield does recognize when she's in a funk, but he just doesn't always care. But Nigel <laughs> notices and he's like, oh, like, don't worry, you know, we're going to go have a great night out. And he even like looks at her and he's like, I can sense it. Like you're, you're thirsting for something. You're thirsting for more. Like, let's go out and get it tonight. Um, and Fran, she's literally like, oh, we can try, but you know, I honestly don't think I'm going to be the life of a party tonight. But then we cut to them at a club and she is having a dance on the, da- uh, I'm sorry, a dance. she's having a blast on the dance floor with him, yeah. you know? And, and then they like sit down and she's just like, oh my gosh, like this feels so good. It's been so long since I've been out. Yeah. Um, they're and playing then, like boogie, oogie, oogie. Yes. yes. Boogie, and oogie, she's oogie. just like, oh. And, and, oh, and then, you know, they sit and they chat for a bit. And he's like, oh, you're just so sexy. Like, I hope you don't mind me saying it. And she's like, nope, don't get tired of that. And then they go back out on the dance floor and it's like kind of a slower song. And she's just like, Nigel, it's just, it's so hard to believe you two are brothers. You're, you're nothing like Mr. Sheffield. And then he goes, darling, I am. I am Mr. Sheffield. And I love that line. Her? Me too. I was like, yeah. and I, did you get this feeling where I was like, I actually think they're much more suited to each other. <laughs> like, I mean, granted, it seems like, you know, they're also setting Nigel up to be kind of like a flake and maybe like an unreliable person and impulsive. But like, I think she would have a more fun, li- a better life with Nigel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the next morning, Fran, Do- is she's in the kitchen at the mansion. Yes. Yes. She this- is. Huh? This big kiss. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But Fran is literally like singing and dancing her way around the morning. She's just, she's like feeling so good because of the night she had before. Like she clearly so needed that in her life. And um, in fact, this is one of my favorite lines. Uh, Maggie and, sorry, no, Gracie and Brighton are in the kitchen. And uh, Gracie like kind of whispers to Brighton like, oh, she's, she acts so weird when she's happy. And then Brighton goes, Hey, don't complain. It's been four years since I've been able to get my hands on a Hagen Dazs bar. Meaning that, like, when she's depressed, she clearly eats, and when she's happy, she doesn't. So this is like the first time she's been able to actually eat the ice cream in their fridge. Um, and but so then, you know, um, the kids leave, and it's just Fran and Niles in the um, kitchen. But then Nigel shows up, and he literally brings her flowers and a diamond and they clearly just have this like incredible like chemistry and Niall sees it and like I thought the look on his face was fantastic because it was it was kind of like it was like both concerned but also like I couldn't tell could do you think it was concerned because it was oh gosh like this is gonna like cause drama or do you think it was like oh this is juicy I think it was a little of both I think it was a little bit of both yeah yeah um, I, I think I think Cause he also says like to Mr. Sheffield at one point, like you're, you're going to lose it or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I, I feel like it's like a little bit of like, Ooh, this is like interesting, but also cause you know, he's been pretty consistently like he's Fran's friend, you know, but also really wants these two crazy kids to end up together, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but can recognize that like Mr. Sheffield might screw all of this up and you know, not be able to like close the deal and like make this relationship yeah. happen. And well, it's super funny because he's just standing there kind of like mouth agape. And then she just turns and she goes, what are you caught in a butler trap? Now your leg off and get out of here. <laughs> so he leaves. <laughs> and then now that uh, Nigel and Fran are alone together, he kisses her and it's like a 
long, like passionate kiss. So uh, here's my question. Do you think it's implied that they hooked up the night before? Well, I mean, I wrote, she's now had sex with all of the Sheffield men. (laughs) Well, she hasn't had sex with Mr. Sheffield yet. Maxwell. She had, oh yeah. Well, they had that weird thing where we're not sure. Remember? Right. They were like drunk or something. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so I I don't know. I I didn't know if we were supposed to imply that they had been physical. I don't – I mean, I feel like they, like, fooled around because they, like, went right into that kiss. So they yeah. definitely – that wasn't, like, their first kiss because that kiss seemed like, oh, this is, like, they've been kissing all night. So, like, yeah, yeah I kind of implied it to be, like, oh, they, like, did stuff. Like, Yeah, you know? I agree. I think I think that's how I read it, too. She like, asked so- that at Sheffield D. Hey, <laughs> that's Sheffield. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> she's thirsty for that sheffield d um so then um that you know they she t- doesn't care which sheffield it is baby <laughs> hey she has talked about how she's considered dating bright man this, this this nanny porn parody writes itself oh ooh, wouldn't it be so tragic if like that's what we ultimately got jobs doing <laughs> <laughs> we get contacted by like a big porn <laughs> and they're like at first like we love your show we have this, we have a pretty exciting opportunity for you yeah. <laughs> uh, big budget nanny porn parody and, and you guys like, are gonna write it and we're, we're like, like we'll take it into it no it's like first we're like we'd never do that and then we slowly but surely <laughs> talk ourselves into it we just can't stop coming up with plot ideas and character arcs. <laughs> we can't say no to that money. Yeah, um, that's the truth. But so, Toria, they promised me a pool. <laughs> we can say no. We won't say no. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but so, um, they uh, oh, so so they st- they start they kiss passionately, but then Mister Sheffield walks in the room, and yes. he's you know as usual absorbed in his work, so he has his like you know head in a paper, and so he doesn't. See them kiss, and they but so they jump apart, and he's basically like, "Oh, like good morning, everyone!" Like blah blah blah, like you know. Again, sorry, Nigel, I've just been so busy, but you know, I I trust that you know Miss Fine has been showing you a good time, and you know they're both very much like, "Oh yes, yes, uh, definitely a good time," and they like kind of like are clearly like not looking him in the eye, and and mm-hmm. it's just this like slightly awkward moment, and then Niles comes in with this bottle of wine, and he goes. Here you are, sir. And Mr. Sheffield's like, oh, finally, I asked for this bottle of wine hours ago. And Niles goes, well, good things come to those who wait, unless they wait too long. And they slip through their namby-pamby fingers. <laughs> and, they, and the two of them, like, walk out together. Yep. So that's, you know, clearly Niles is like, oh, yeah, you're about to fuck this up because you have, you've officially waited too long. And yeah. you know, now what, what I have been afraid of happening is finally happening. Like, somebody else is going yeah. to take her away from you and it's your own brother it's your, um, and, it's your, and it's his fault frankly yeah. un, until the sweet ending which i won't spoil um well then i actually thought this was this was a really interesting dynamic that comes up in this next moment because you know yes niles and mr sheffield leave and nigel like to his credit he's he's pretty he is the anti-mr sheffield he just says what he feels or thinks he's like yeah. he goes you know Fran. I couldn't help but notice that when Maxwell walked in, you had, you acted as if you were like cheating on him because 
that reaction would make no sense to Nigel, yeah, you know, like, well, why, why did she jump apart from him? Why did she, you know, hide that there's something happening between them? Like it, it really only would make sense if there was something happening between her and Mr. Sheffield, which there's at least on the surface, not. Um, and she like totally brushes it off and she's like, Oh no, no. Like, uh. And he's like, well, okay, good. Because in that case, I'm leaving for England tonight and I want you to come with me. Yeah. And he asks her to marry him. Yep. And he's like, you know, Maxwell always accuses me of being impulsive, but but I've fallen for you and I don't want to lose you. And he's basically like, I'm leaving on a ship. Like I'm leaving on the, it was like the Queen Elizabeth II, yeah. right? Which is like the, you know, the ocean liner. That the Queen goes, Mary. The Queen Mary? Yeah. No. No. It's, <laughs> it's just the only ship I know. Cause no, I think it's the Queen Elizabeth II, which is, it's an ocean liner that goes between the US and England. And it's about, it's like a seven day voyage. And it's- Do a they also voyage. do a haunted walkthrough for Halloween? Like the Queen Mary does? I, that'd be so cool. Like a Halloween I, Horror Nights kind my, of my my older sister did uh, went to England on ship. Uh, it was like a seven day journey. I I mm. would never ships scare me. Okay, but so yeah, so he's basically like you know I'm leaving for England tonight on you know on the ship and it's leaving at midnight and if you're there you know or, or if you're not there I will know your answer you know because mm-hmm. um, if she's like oh this is crazy it's all too fast but then you know he kisses her again and and he leaves and she's clearly just like oh oh my god like what do I do and what I my note is like well this is of course too fast it also you can you can understand based on what she's been dealing with for the last four years with mr sheffield why this would actually potentially be something she's considering because it's like you know i think i think had she not been dealing with mr sheffield like not seeing what he has right in front of him not acknowledging his feelings like not making a move she would be almost like less vulnerable to make an impulsive decision like this with someone who's doing the opposite who's like i see you and i value you and i am making a commitment to you i totally agree i like this this would be a non-issue if he hadn't taken back what he said on the plane like i won't even go that far i think if he had just left it at like you know what i do love you but i need to figure some stuff out but like yes of course i love you i love you very much if he had left it at that, I think none of this episode would have happened. She would have been like, mm-hmm. oh, buddy, sorry. Like, we're in love and we're just figuring some stuff out. But mm-hmm. because he leaves things in such a nebulous place, it is, you know, it's hard for her. There's no reason why she can't flirt with this person. Like, there's no reason why she has to feel guilty about making out with him. So, you know, it's, yeah, it's this is all his fault. This is all yeah. Maxwell's dumb fault. Um, and this is also um, where this episode's plot line intersects with uh, an, the movie An Affair to Remember because that Cary Grant movie, um, you know, it's famously about two people who meet on a uh, on a I think a transatlantic cruise and they're both engaged to other people, but they fall like madly in love and they say, okay we will meet on top of the Empire State Building in six months from now. And we'll get all our affairs in order. You know, we'll like do right by the people that we are with and then we'll be together. And, you know, he shows up and she's not there. So he assumes it means she like either didn't break up with her fiance or fell out of love with him. But what he doesn't know is she had been like hit by a car and is in a wheelchair. (laughs) um, But anyway, so, you know, it's, it's like the premise of, come here at this certain time and it will mean this thing. Right. And if you're not there, it will mean you don't want me. Right. And so then um, Fran is like now 
torn on what she should do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and in the in the next scene, she's like kind of starting to pack a suitcase in case she decides she wants to do it. And, and Val comes running in, and Val's like, "What happened? You sounded hysterical on the phone." And Fran's like, "He asked me to marry him." And, and Val goes, "I always knew in my heart that there is no one more perfect for you." Than Maxwell Sheffield. And then she goes, Oh no, not him, his brother. <laughs> and I goes, better, younger, no kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love I love that line. And I like, I like what a good friend Val is. Mm-hmm. But then so Fran's like, you know, Val, I've I've always said I wanted to be like a more f- official and formal part of this family because, you know, you know, God forbid if anything should happen, if there's any strife or problems. I could get the house, <laughs> which made me laugh. Yeah. But uh, so, but then Maggie comes running in and Maggie's like still on cloud nine from this Sean guy. And she's just like, you know, oh, Fran, I just got back from seeing Sean. And she's like, it just, it just feels so good to be in love. And this, I thought this was such a sweet, real moment. Yes. Fran like hugs her and she's like, I know, sweetie, it's the best feeling in the whole world. And, you know, just try to hold on to it for as long as you can. And just, you know, always follow your heart. Yeah. And, you know, she's giving her this advice and it's clearly intersecting with what she's going through right now. And she's so conflicted. Um, and, and later that day, and I like how it's like, there's several scenes devoted to Fran asking different people what she should do. Like this felt very real to me yeah. because then, you know, in the next scene, she's in the kitchen with Sylvia and they're like heating ice cream and Fran's still trying to make a decision. And she's like, you know, ma, I just, I just always thought I would end up with Mr. Sheffield, but but I'm also this like vibrant person and I still have so much life left in me. And I, I feel like I'm wasting my youth here. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just wish he would do something about it. Like if he just made a move or did something, you know, I, I would know I should stay, but he's just not giving me anything to hold on to. And she's also like, she's like, Ma, what made daddy finally commit to you? And Sylvia's like, uh, it's not important. And she's like, no, tell me. And he goes, she's like, Fran, don't compare relationships. And then she's like, oh, come on. And she goes, your sister, all right? <laughs> and Fran goes, oh, I, I always wondered how she was a 13-pound preemie. <laughs> I loved. Um but so then Sylvia leaves and Mr. Sheffield comes in and then we have this other just like really good moment and, you know, sad but perfect where where he's like, oh, yes, um, it's fine. I'm wondering, do you plan to see Nigel tonight? And she's like, oh, well, well, I was thinking about it, but but if you want me to stay here, like if you think this is where I belong here with you and the kids, then just say the word and I'll stay. And she's clearly – talking about something bigger than just tonight, right? And she's looking yeah. for any sign or reason. And he just goes like, hope. <laughs> Yeah, he goes, oh, no, no. <laughs> he literally goes, you go without him. Like, I'll yeah. be working. Like, definitely don't wait around here for me. Yep. And he leaves and she just kind of sadly goes, okay, I won't. Yeah. You know, like that kind of is what made the decision. Yep. It was like him in that moment. It's like, oh, this is a metaphor for a whole relationship. Yeah. And then we cut to that night. Brand. She looks marvelous, by the way. I know. She just has stunning this coat and this dress. And stunning. She has her suitcase yeah. that she's wheeling behind her. And it's really late at night, yeah. right? Because she's supposed to meet Nigel at midnight. And the house Ooh, is kind of Ooh, that would like be a quiet. great name for a ska band. N- what? Meet Nigel at midnight? Just Nigel at midnight. Oh. We're Nigel at midnight. Nigel at midnight. Yeah, exactly. See, you get it. <laughs> okay. You get it. You get it. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Um, But so then, Fran opens the door to Mr. Sheffield's office, which is empty because he's still working. And she kind of sits on the desk, just like old times, like almost like one last time. And then there's admittedly a little bit of a cheesy montage of her memories, but it's only cheesy because I think of the music choice, but it, it was like, you know, she's just literally remembering like, you know, meeting him for the first time and their first kiss. And like when they were on a family vacation together and just, just kind of the little highlights reel of them from the last three years. Um, and she leaves a note on his desk that says to Mr. Sheffield, love Miss Fine. And she looks around the office one last time. And then she goes out into the living room and she, Niles is asleep on the couch, um, literally with chocolates on his chest. <laughs> and she kisses him goodbye. And he doesn't even you know, know that she's leaving. And then she takes one last look around and she leaves. And my only note about this is Okay, I get that this is sad, but like she's literally going to abandon the kids overnight. And I was like, that oh, that upsets me. And I was like, there's there's got to be a more adult, less traumatic way to do something like this. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it just was like, I feel like they're slightly- Look, they had a lot of the episode to get through here. So, by the way, this was the moment that I was like, I guess it's not going to be a Halloween episode. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, you're like, I was like oh, oh, damn it! I was really, <laughs> especially because when it opens and they're watching the people across the street from them, like fool around or whatever. I was like, ooh, something's gonna have it's gonna be like a rear window kind of parody, and then it was not anything like what I thought it was gonna be. It took you a very long time. It took to me a long time. I, that, that's when I made the note, though, is when she opens. <laughs> it's at the end of the montage of them like in love. I wrote, I guess this isn't a Halloween episode. <laughs> That's like when my sister thought that Match Point was going to be a classic Woody Allen comedy and she took her boyfriend who had never seen a Woody Allen movie to it. And for like the first 20 minutes, she kept being like, no, 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 I, I think it'll get funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so then uh, I say there's – Woody this- Allen movies though. If you go back and watch – None of them were really that bad. <laughs> yes, they're all extremely yeah, dark. Um, but dark. so this thing goes to – there's like – I say this is a montage that could only exist pre-cell phone <laughs> because it is just a montage of her kind of racing through New York City, desperately trying to get to the ship before midnight. And it's like she can't get a cab and the subways aren't working and, you know, she's about to get a cab, but some old lady steals I it. Mean, and- I mean – if you wanted, you could still write this in a post cell phone world. It's like she texts him and his phone is off because he's on airplane mode or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, they, there's a million ways to get around that, I think. Well, but you just text, 
no, no, I'm choosing you. It's just, I'm running late. But what if he doesn't get it? That's how I would, that's what I'm saying though, is that's how I would play it. It's like, she sends that text and it's like remains unread. Cause like he turned his phone off for whatever reason. But you like know? he would get it, you know, presumably Eventually, an hour or two later. But, not if, but if it says unread on her phone, like that's how you track it, right? Is it's like unread and she keeps checking it and it's still unread and she's like, no. Well, but so she ends up missing the midnight cutoff yep. and she gets to the port, but the ship has already left and she yes. like sees it, you know, just out of reach, like, you know, in the water. Yeah. And this guy goes, this guy's like, lady, are you meant to be on that ship? And she looks at it longingly and goes, I, I guess not, yeah. you know, like, oh, I guess I'm not meant to be with him. Yeah. Um, but she's clearly, it was a sad moment. Like you, she really wanted to be there. I think, I think when she had made the decision, she had made the decision. Yeah. Right. So now she returns back to like the limping. dark mansion. <laughs> limping. Yeah. Oh, she's limping because she hurt yeah, her she, foot, she you know, while foot. trying to get there, yeah. rushing across the city. Yeah. And and I, I like that this in a, I in like a very affair to remember e way mm-hmm. that whole that whole montage. You know, th- this next scene, like you know, it's it's not played for you know laughs. It's it's very genuine. She yeah. she returns back to this dark, empty mansion, and she kind of like limps over to the couch, yeah. and she just kind of puts her head in her hands, and and it really feels like such a lonely moment. She starts, like I, I, she starts taking all those pills. <laughs> <laughs> chasing it with a bottle of whiskey (laughs) no it was a sad quiet like realistic moment where it's just like you're literally just like you know she you felt her loneliness and her like disappointment well i think a lot of it too is built into you know they've established fran as like she 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 looks for signs you know and like i think she really like was taking this to be like okay it's time to move on but then when it doesn't work out i think she takes it extra hard here because she's also like well i don't know what i don't know what to do now yeah and then mr sheffield comes this in this is so great yeah and he turns on the lights and he's like oh it's fine yeah. um you know you know and she's like oh you uh, you, you have come, come home all day and he's like oh no and she realizes that means like he hasn't seen the letter that she left yep. like he classic he has no idea and so she tries to you know but and so he actually ends they up. They stole um, this from an episode of the Flintstones, Toria. <laughs> <laughs> Classic app. Um, but so he sits. She's sitting on the couch, and he sits on the coffee table in front of her. And he's like, and he doesn't know know that anything's wrong, right? Yeah. He just thinks she's like up late, and he's he's like, oh, Miss Fine, you know, I've just been meaning to tell you that you know, I've just really missed you. You know, I, I know I've been working so much, and and I know that's not ideal, but I was just thinking how I, you know, once this is over, I, I can't wait to just, you know, take you to the premiere of the show as usual, and you'll be wearing something smashing as usual, and, you know, you'll be on my arm, and, you know, I just, I was just really looking forward to that. And she, and she literally kind of just starts to cry, because like what she says, she's like, oh, yeah, and, you know, and I'll, I'll put Tums in your, in your pocket, you know, because you, I know you always get nervous and I think she's starting to cry because again, it's reminding her that like, she's has this not real marriage with this guy. Yeah. She, she doesn't have any of the actions and have kids with him. She doesn't have the security of the marriage. She, she doesn't have the, the romance or the love or the physicality, but she's like in this rut and it doesn't seem like it's going to change. And so she says it and she literally just starts 
you know, breaks down. It felt real. And then he's like, oh, it's fine. Like what, what's wrong? And she kind of like tries to keep it together. And she's like, oh, um, I, I hurt my ankle. I, I was out dancing with Val and I hurt my ankle. And he's like, oh, oh, let, let me go. Let me go get you some ice. So he gets up and he leaves and she jumps up and she as fast as she can hobbles towards his office and she grabs a letter bag and she like, you know, shoves it down her shirt. And then she jumps back on the couch in the living room, like just in time for him to come back. And he very sweetly and gently like puts ice on her ankle. And um, he's like, all right, like you, you know, now you, we should get you up to bed. And she's about to stand and he's like, no, no, no. And he picks her up, you know, in that very romantic, like officer in a gentleman type way. And he's like, no, 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 I've got you. And she's like, you sure do. And like she says, it was sort of like, you know, meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm yours. And they they just walk up the stairs like that. Mm-hmm. And it's very clear that like she's feeling like, oh, this is where I belong. Yeah. And I thought a couple things. One, I was like. Did you do the coda though? The little coda? Where, what coda? Like at the the very end where he's, she's sort of like. He re- you realize that he knows she's still kind of, like she's like faking it at this point because he's oh yes 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 well I haven't gotten there yet because <laughs> yeah because yeah. I think that that added I like that added a whole extra level of sweetness to the whole thing for me oh I totally agree yeah. yes well because well I before we even got there I was just gonna say that I think what they have set up here it was a really great plot device like that letter mm-hmm. because when you're thinking about it from just a like you know having to like do episode after episode and create some kind of conflict, you know, you can kind of see how well, probably like if they finally do get together, if this information comes out, it will cause problems. Mm-hmm. And so I just think from like a writing and storytelling perspective, I was like, Ooh, this is nice. Like, yeah, I can see this coming back later in a good way. Yeah. Um, but then the button on this episode is <laughs> it's like a couple days later, Fran's sitting on the couch with her leg propped up with a little ankle brace. And Mr. Sheffield comes in and he's like, it's fine. We're just sitting down to dinner. And she literally puts her arms up like to be like, carry me. <laughs> and he's like, oh, all right. And he picks her up. And then he goes, do realize you're injured on your other ankle. <laughs> but he kind of is saying it with a smile. Yeah. Like, like he's happy to indulge her. Yes. Like, which was you know? so lovely. Like he, like he knows, but like, yeah, she deserves a little indulgence. I thought it was really, really sweet. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Yes. And he does have this incredible sweet spot for her and her foibles and her quirks and her, you know, yeah. But I don't know. Part of me was like, do you feel though that like she really felt like, oh, I'm so glad I didn't um, get on that ship? Or do you think it was more, I I guess for me, the the only, I guess I'm trying to articulate why I'm like conflicted. Cause it's like, is this like, well, I guess I'm stuck here. So I'll accept that I'm here. Or is it like, you know, it almost felt like she didn't. She didn't choose it. It got forced on her at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um. Hmm. I mean, I don't think it got. I think. Yeah, I don't know. I. I she didn't choose it. You're right, but I guess the lesson is like sometimes we don't always make the right choices because we're too thinking too in the moment and not like long-term because like the reality of it is, is like 
Nigel's not really a great fit for her. Not for what she really wants. Like, yeah, he's fun and he swept her off her feet and he's like a little more emotionally available than Mr. Sheffield. But like, he is also like completely unstable. He's like, you know, uh, so in the moment he could cheat on her a hundred times or get married to like five other people before their actual wedding. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't know. It feels like. This grounded her. This grounded back. her. It feels, yeah, it feels like she maybe soared too close to the sun on wings of wax, and and you know, but in doing so, realized like, oh, that was that would have been a, probably not the best move. For, yeah, and like I am yeah. lost here, you know. No, it was not, it was very sweet, and it, you know, we've had a string of episodes recently where. Mr. Sheffield has been more like the comedic beat, whether he's been like, you know, yelling at Niles or completely oblivious or like petty. Mm -hmm. And we haven't had an episode in a bit where we remember like the person he is underneath. Mm -hmm. And he actually, he is there, you know, it does work with them when they're actually committed to like, you know, being present with each other. It really does. Yep. Um, And in- That's an episode. That's an episode. Uh, so let's go over to our favorite time of the day. <gasps> segments. segments. And now, segments. So, segments. Yeah, no, I think we should move on to segments. I to say we can move on to our segments. And now, segments. Favorite lines. There was a lot in this for me. I mean, I'll say my least favorite line that I've ever heard was Maxwell saying, Niles, what's wrong this time? Your job, your weight, no future. I thought that was so mean and not in the spirit of why I love this show. So I, I, boo. It was not my least favorite line. I, I thought it was funny only in the context of their specific dynamic, which is Niles. Here's what we're forgetting. Niles can be a total bitch too. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's true. The, that, that's why I didn't mind it because I'm sure he always is like, you know, clearly complaining to uh, Mr. Shelfield's a jerk, but they're, you know, they deserve each other. Um, I also liked uh, when they're in the club, when she's in the club with Nigel and she goes, I'm heavily into noshing. And he goes, you mean moshing? And she goes, no. And then she eats a carrot. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, that ties into one of mine where, um, Earlier in the episode, when Fran and Niles are kind of commiserating, you know, or Fran's feeling depressed, she goes over to her box of chocolates and she goes, and now it's time to move on to the next level. You know what? Like there's these two, with most boxes of chocolates, there's like Mm -hmm. two layers and you you have to remove the paper to get to the second one. And so saying like, oh, it's time to move on to the next level means you're like getting into even more chocolate because you're so depressed. And then she goes, Niles, look. This is half empty. And then he just goes, you think you're the only one whose life sucks? (laughs) (laughs) He's really been in the chocolates too. Yeah. He went right to level two. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I love that one. I love that line where Fran goes to Niles, what are you, caught in a butler trap? Gnaw your foot off and get moving. (laughs) I like that. I also liked, um, I like the Smothers Brothers reference. I thought was, she's like, you're like, she's saying that to, um, to Nigel. She's like, you're like. You two brothers, you're like Cain and Abel. You're like someone, something else. She goes, you're like Tommy and Dickie Smothers. <laughs> it's just <laughs> so specific. <laughs> 
Um, I also really liked uh, when she's talking to Maggie and she goes, um, you got to follow your heart. And Maggie goes, my heart says I should go back over to Sean's house. And she goes, that's not your heart talking. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We already went over this, but Val's don't jump line. Laughed out loud. Yes. Laughed out loud. Um, Yeah. There's a lot of good lines in this. This was a good one. Yeah. Um, Diane Wilk. Writing her ass off. Uh Uh-huh. For Yiddish, we got... Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Um, we got famished, yes. which I never heard of oh, before. Famished. It, famished. Mm-hmm. It means mixed up, confused, stressed yeah. out. Yeah. Um. So I, you know, Sylvia was like, "Like, honey, I know you're famished, yeah. but don't make any rash decisions." And I have to say, my grandma used to say, "Why are you all famished? Come here." Like, well, I was going to say, when push comes to shove, Sylvia always gives her daughter good advice. Always, she's like, like any Jewish mom. It's always very pragmatic from the heart advice. Like, yeah. And it's in the thing is when, yeah, yes, well, sometimes, you know, it's like, it's kind of funny, played for laughs. Yeah. In these authentic moments, she, um, she always has a lot of empathy for people. She like, does. you know, with, with Mr. Sheffield, she's been mm-hmm. empathetic to him, even though she thinks he's an idiot sometimes and kind of putting it into the context of like, you know, don't, don't get swept off off your feet, honey. Like it, it feels good right now, but just, you know, yeah. I was like, oh, this is, this is actually real good mom advice. It is. Um, okay. For nanny trivia. What do you got? This is a good one. Okay. And this is, this is going to be, not, this is like an engine of good trivia that's coming our way mm-hmm. because one of our listeners, and I, th- I think I even mentioned her just a, a few weeks ago because she gave us some great trivia. Um, her handle is Lepetite Sparks. Oh yeah. This past week she sent us an episode of another podcast oh. called Bearing It All with Call Me Adam. Okay. And by the way, Sean, I think you would love this podcast. I looked into it. It is it's all interviews with Broadway stars. Oh and it's just digging into like their experiences. Ooh, I'm gonna add it to my list. What is it called? Bearing it all. Bearing it all with Call Me Adam. I, I saw it and I was like, oh my god, this oh, is that's, like, you'll love I'm it. into that. Yes, and they, they see they're really good interviews from what I I listened to. Okay, the one, all right, the okay. one that I heard. Um, and because La Petite Sparks said that you know when she was doing her initial nanny rewatch, she got really interested in like Dorothy Lineman as well, and kind of did a deep dive. And there is an episode with Dorothy from June first, twenty twenty one, and they spent a good That's deal so of time exciting. talking about her time on the nanny. And there was so much good trivia in there. Like, I'm almost like, oh, as much as I want Dorothy Lyman on this podcast, I'm like, everyone go Just listen, listen to her on to that. Her on another podcast. <laughs> yeah, right? But but there was so much good trivia that I'm like, oh, I'm just going to have to parcel it out and not say it all at once. Um, and there's trivia from like big things, like questions we've had about like, you know, how she knows Fran to just small little, just interesting things. Mm-hmm. But for today's trivia, well, I found out that the role of Cece Babcock was originally written for Dorothy. Oh. But the network, they ultimately wanted to go with somebody like younger and more like Fran no. and Mr. Sheffield's age. So they they ended up only scouting like younger actresses. Um, and they, you know, went with Lauren Lane. And I looked it up though. Dorothy's only 10 years older than Fran. <laughs> but I guess in TV years. They were like, what are you, women. 165? Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. So but I, I mean, it's just so interesting to think, you know, George, like I love Lauren Lane as Cece Babcock. Mm-hmm. I think she's incredible, mm-hmm. but also, you know, uh, Dorothy Lyman could crush this as well. Oh yeah, like, absolutely. Just it would have been so great. Um, but it would have been different. And it, you know, Very it's different. always interesting when you have 
those, oh, this person like almost was cast as this role and just like what that would have done. You know, you always think like Will Arnett was almost Dwight Schrute on The Office, you know? Yep. Kind of like always like blows your mind. Mm. But yeah, it was, you know, again, thank you so much to um, Love Petite Sparks because um, I'm always like, man, when, when our listeners send us information, I'm like, they should be doing the podcast. Like we're idiots. Like they, <laughs> they always, you know, I feel like you guys give us just great information all the time. Uh, but that's, oh my God, dude, my point. <laughs> that was like a 12 year old boy. Um, I was going to say, but like, that's why I love the our community on social media yeah. because I feel like we're all just like feeding off each other and sharing cool stuff and um, I'm glad we're providing the platform for everyone else's awesome expertise to like, uh, you know, share. Yeah, this is great. Um, I, all the all the cool little like trivia and facts and suggestions. Like, there's there hasn't been a bad one in the bunch yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, what if we like? What if we had one bad one in the bunch and we were like, except for you know, <laughs> no? Geez. What if we had it, but it scared us so much we were hiding it. <laughs> 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 um, don't talk about it Toria no. <laughs> that's our Halloween episode we're getting congratulations we're getting, um, and then for the what character you related uh-huh. to uh, the most I again I, just like last week I really related to Fran in that I feel like in life I'm I'm always trying to figure out like when when do you make a decision that's like selfish mm-hmm. and for you instead of like putting other people first or I'm also I mean as you know how many how many hours have you listened to me I feel I spend a lot of time like wrestling and grappling with like what the right next step forward is and like especially in relationships and romantic things mm-hmm. and I always have felt like for some people that trajectory in life has been pretty seamless and like one step always naturally leads to the next but I, I feel like I've always been like conflicted so I was like ooh, I I, I feel Fran I feel for you Fran I related to Maggie the most because I love falling in love so much it's such a yeah. good feeling and I, I love it I love being in love it's one of my favorite things about my relationship with Elizabeth is that we still feel like mm, like all like bubbly in love yeah. sometimes you know like mm-hmm. most of the time so I, I, I related to that, to that whole storyline of just like, oh, Fred, it was so delightful. Like I liked mm-hmm. her whole performance. I thought it was very charming. Yeah. Like it's the best. I, I thought that was just such a great line too, where it's, where she, it's the best feeling in the whole world. Yeah, it is the best feeling in the world. It mm-hmm. is feeling, feeling loved in the same way that you love someone. Like when it's fully reciprocated in like a way that just feels fully formed, that's a great feeling. Mm-hmm. Can't deny it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. I've been in some very dark places in my life where I would have been like, oh, it's not that great. But like, uh, I was lying. It's great. It's a great feeling. What can you do? You know? Great. Now, now we've just depressed all our single listeners. No, because here's the thing. What I learned through my journey is that you got to be able to like really, 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 really appreciate like yourself or the things that people appreciate in you, you won't be able to see or take seriously. And then that hurts the ability to, to, to feel that way. You know, mm-hmm. wise words. I should listen to Sean more often. Nah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I won't. <laughs> that's, that's definitely clear. Um, <laughs> no, but wise words. Thank you. And then let me think here. I, I realized I, the last thing on my page is it's a listener question. Listener question and, I, and you like, never do it. I love to play. I always think, right. I, I, I think sometimes I, I'm like, I'll get to that before we record. I have a listener <laughs> question for this week. Apropos okay. of what we were just discussing. What is your favorite thing about yourself? <gasps> Ooh. Yeah. Everyone tell us 
what your favorite thing about yourself is. And then also, what is your favorite thing about this show? And also, what is your social security number? Because we'll be collecting all this data and selling it to the yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's just um, it's just a little on survey. <laughs> no, but seriously, what is what is everyone's favorite thing? It's a it's such a cheesy exercise, what, but it is. What's fun. your favorite? What's your favorite thing about yourself? Uh, my brain. What about all the tumors? <laughs> I love each one of them. Uh, yeah, no, I like I like my brain the most and my sense of humor. Like I, I feel like those two things have gotten me a lot in life and make me feel good the most often about myself. So like anytime I get to like use my brain to do something that like, you know, like writing or something creative, you know, or, or anytime like my humor makes someone laugh, like it makes me genuinely feel good about myself. So I think those are my two favorite qualities to myself what about you what are yours Uh, in me not you (laughs) (laughs) no no what are your favorite qualities about yourself uh i don't think i have i think (laughs) i don't think i have one Oh boy. All right well that's interesting i'm i'm curious to see what people say and um and if you want to reach out to us and you haven't found us there already, you can go to Instagram or Twitter, Elon Musk's Twitter. Uh, <laughs> you can find us at Oh Mr. Chef Pod on either one of those, either either Metaverse's Instagram or Elon Musk's Twitter. Yeah. Yep. Twitter by Elon Musk. Twitter by Elon. Twitter by Musk. It sounds like a it's <laughs> sounds like, it a, sounds like a fragrance. Twitter by mm-hmm. Musk. Um, and also, uh, leave a, leave a review, leave a rating, try to do five stars, please. Cause it hurts our feelings if they're not, but Very also sensitive. we do appreciate your candor, uh, except for you, that one guy who gave us one star and said, we don't know enough yeah. about the nanny. How dare Why you? Why are you even listening to this podcast? Yeah. Well, I don't hate listen. Just, just don't <laughs> listen. It's okay. You won't be offended. If you don't love this, you shouldn't keep listening to it. Well, if you, I would just say keep listening. <laughs> just keep it on in the background on mute so that we get to play is, but like, you don't have to listen. Yeah. 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 Right. Um, well, we'll, we'll see you next week. Uh, yes. Everybody have a good week and, and a Merry uh, Christmas. Hall- yeah. Well, cause I, Halloween already happened, but I hope you had a great Wait, one. Is this still around Thanksgiving? We should really look as we get holiday time. <laughs> uh, anyway, Merry, Merry, Merry Christmas. Happy Thanksgiving, wherever this lands. Happy Hanukkah. Uh, good Pesach, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Goodbye. The Flushing Girl from Flushing, the nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine. <laughs> <laughs>